And welcome back to Sold with Updike Pugh and episode 63. I'm Weston Pugh. And today we are going to talk about living in and living with a homeowners association. Yep. There is quite a bit of, uh, that goes on with this. Yeah. And, um, we talked a little bit about three high rises earlier and we thought it was a great transition into HOAs Yeah. and kind of want to look at it. Um, there's a couple of different aspects. Um, a lot of times people have loans and therefore their lenders will actually ask for the homeowners association certificate, but in case you're a cash buyer, you don't mm -hmm. always know that this is something that you might need to have filled out. Yeah. Um, and many times uh, when a lender is involved uh, in purchasing a home, uh, purchasing a con, really, yeah, a condominium, then they're going to have what is called a condo questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And they, they all kind of have them in their own forms, but they, they, they all really follow the same pattern and have roughly the same questions in them. Yep, and so we kind of took this and broke it down into um, segments so that we can kind of group what they're after and then go over why they're looking at that and then why it could be important to you. And so one of the first things that we looked at is HOAs and where they are in their life cycle, mm -hmm. whether they're just forming and whatnot. So tell us a little bit about why that might be important to you um, as a cash buyer or to a lender. Well, I, I think, you know, to, to lenders, they, uh, like you said, they want to know where this homeowners association is uh, in its life cycle. Is it something that has just started mm -hmm. and, or is it something that has been, you know, operating for a few years or, you know, has it been going on for a long time? I think we had, you know, in our, our earlier segment, we had examples of something that was built in the 60s, something that was built in 2000, and then something that was built, you know, 15 years later. Correct. And it, it's important to a lender to know that because uh, if, you know, once a, a, once a condominium complex reaches a certain age, they might have, you know, money in the kitty, but they need to know where that's going to be spent. Whereas if it's a brand new complex, they might have a little bit of money in the kitty, but they might be budgeting. So it's just a, a lot of the preliminary questions really are just for that lender to kind of figure out, okay, where, where are we with this one? And a lot of times they also want to know in this, what they're trying to figure out is who's on the board mm -hmm. and how important it is, like who's making decisions. Yes. You know, and that is indicative of, is it a new or is it a matured mm -hmm. um, development uh, yeah, condo? And one of the questions in this also talks about whether it was a, a, a rehab property. Right. If it was something that was previously an apartment complex and is now being converted into condominiums, they want to make sure that they're, you know, they're not someone that, or it's not a, a complex that has just had an exterior renovation done on it and none of the, the core components have been touched. Right. Well, the next thing that we kind of were able to look at this uh, condo questionnaire and kind of zero in was um, there's a lot of questions that pertain to occupancy mm -hmm. and who's living in the house. And, and I think you have a really good take on why this is so critical for buyers and for even the cash buyer. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, one of the things I'll, I'll say about kind of the topics that we're talking about today are really uh, important things for anyone that is involved in a homeowners association to stay in touch with mm -hmm. owner occupancy is a big uh, issue when it comes to lending. And while uh, you may be a cash buyer on the property, the next buyer may not be. And so if you're, you're buying in something that is a, you know, 50% owner occupancy, you really need to know that because I think it affects the value. 
Absolutely. And the other thing, too, is do they have limitations on whether you, you can lease, mm -hmm. how many leases are allowed in these properties? And like Jeff said, we all need to know this because when you get ready to sell it, there mm -hmm. will be different people who are not in your same boat paying cash. And yeah will need to know that they can get their, you can get their money out. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, uh, I think a lot of people look at condominiums initially, uh, because you can, you can get a lot for your money with condominiums mm -hmm. and it's a, it makes a very good first time home buyer purchase. And then it's a lot of people's first step off into becoming an investor where they know that they've bought something they live in it for four or five years. And then they decide they're ready to move to, let's say, a single family home. They'll hold on to that condo and keep right. it as a rental. We've seen that a lot. We've seen that quite a bit. Um, you know, but there is a point where if you get more than, you know, 70% or excuse me, you get less than 70% of the people that are owners, then they look at it differently. And it begins to change the value. And so you who are picking up all these units at a really great price, all of a sudden it might really change the way um, everything goes as far as an investment standpoint. Well, Jeff's got a little cough, but we'll Sorry. be right back. Sorry. <laughs> um, one of the other things that we wanted to talk about in this and that we see that gets zeroed out is talking about the finances and mm -hmm. the health of what they're doing with the money and when they um, accrue it and how they're spending it. Yeah, the, the uh, most lenders are gonna require the uh, homeowners association provide a budget mm -hmm. to them. And many times that budget has to reflect that the homeowners association, there's two things that they're looking for, lenders looking for. One is that the HOA has enough money to cover what are considered to be, you know, the long-term expenses, the capital things that are going, have buildings going to need over a five-year period, or that they're putting budgeting to put 10% of their annual expenses into the reserve account. And so they're, they, they want to make sure that the condo is not operating on a shoestring. Exactly. And that the money is being spent and that there's not mm -hmm. money that's being siphoned off somewhere, especially if it's a self-managed or self-governed mm -hmm. um, HOA. Right. So these are really important questions. Um, one of the things that's near and dear to my heart um, is insurance, because I don't think that... Um, so many times we don't realize what all is involved in these HOAs when it comes to the insurance and what that coverage actually means um, and how do they determine what their limits are. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those um, things that I believe that after the fire that happened on Northwest Highway, a lot of the lenders have really changed. Mm -hmm. I know that um, for visiting with um, some of the other um, HOA companies in Dallas that they have completely changed and gone through and now do a much more detailed um, look at what the insurance policies are um, and have really started to encourage people to purchase more. And um, I know for a fact that one of the companies actually, um, Worth Ross, is able to help one of the groups on Royal Lane that they just picked up and increase their limits. And it was right before their tornado came through. And mm -hmm. because they had to increase those limits, they were in a, in a good setup versus what could have really been a travel. Mm -hmm. A very tough time. Yeah, it's a and as you you know firsthand, it's a rough situation to be in mm -hmm. um, when you know when you are underinsured, and um, I, I'm afraid that that um, you, you know that that that's probably what's going to be a, a challenge for some people right now after all the tornadoes we've just had. But right. you know, fortunately, there are people out there also that have been kind of pushing HOAs to reevaluate that reevaluate re their coverage after you know, some of the things that have happened over the last several years. Yep. I would say that there are those two
two big elements that have come through with mm -hmm. the fire and then also with that tornado mm -hmm. that I would say that it has been probably the two big indicators that have really changed the way condos are um, insured right now. Yeah. There's also a lot of other things that they ask for on this condo questionnaire, but the, we've kind of grouped them basically into the, the larger categories. Yeah, there's really, I mean, it, it really boils down to uh, these condo questionnaires are, are really, is the property, does the property meet Fannie Mae guidelines? Because most lenders are generating loans to, to generate income Correct. on origination. So they want to be able to have a market to sell these loans on. And this is one way to do that is to make sure it meets the guidelines that Fannie Mae set. Well, we hope that that was helpful, and we hope that it kind of dovetailed easily into the high-rises that we brought in. Yep. Um, we really appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, we do have some good news about the show and where it's headed. That's right. Starting in January, we are going to be Wednesdays at 11.30 a.m. So you'll be able to watch us while you have lunch. Mm -hmm. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. <laughs> well, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you again. And remember, we want to be your realtors for life.